following series podcast, powered by Cargill. Taking what you learned this year and turning it into your advantage for next year is critical to achieve continuous improvement. Every crop year is a new challenge, but being able to use that experience going forward is a key to success for any farm of any size. You're listening to the Growing Series Podcast, powered by Cargill and presented by Sean Haney and RealAgriculture.com, bringing you timely advice to help you achieve your goals. Welcome to the Cargill Growing Podcast Series. I'm your host, Sean Haney from RealAgriculture.com. In Episode 1 of the Cargill Growing Podcast Series, we're going to talk to Janelle Delage. She's a Cargill agronomist based in Saskatchewan. Janelle is going to lead us through the concept of taking our experiences from this production season and turning them into good decisions next year. How are you doing today, Janelle? Good. Thank you very much. So, Janelle, as we start to think about next year, so the planning season of 2017, why, why is it so important to actually think about 16 as we look forward? Yeah, I, I think it's really important to look back at what's happened to us over the growing season of 2016 because it gives us a little perspective as to um, maybe what we have to look forward to for next year. Um, In many cases, what we saw this year gives us some insight as to what we might see next year. And therefore, it gives us opportunity to change plans, alter plans, incorporate new things to allow us to avoid some of those same challenges that we may have had. So many people are listening to this or riding the combine and watching those bushels come in. It's interesting. Should you think back further than just one year? Like, so, for example, the maybe you're combining some wheat right now next year you're planning on planting some canola on that field should you think back to when you had canola on that field last time or just the year prior absolutely i uh for myself when we're doing our crop planning we we have a spreadsheet that actually goes back 10 years maybe a bit extreme but i do feel there's a large amount of value uh, that can be taken from good records for history because so many of the diseases and insects that we see have, you know, staying power and aren't just, you know, going to disappear after one or two years. And sometimes, you know, not only is it good to keep a a record of what was seeded there, but also some information about, you know, what happened to that crop lunges and, and use those tidbits to actually help make a plan for going forward. Okay, so things that I might be tracking are, of course, everyone tracks yield, but let's think about some of the things that are causing yield to be lower than we expected, such as insects and diseases. What, what kind of sort of things am I looking out for as I'm thinking about what seed to plant the following year? Yeah, so, you know, if, if we take a look at some of the things that we saw this year, a big one that stands out into my mind was in the pulse crops, some of the root rots that we saw this past year. Those root rots in a lot of cases were, you know, fairly devastating. Crop came up good. We had this beautiful stand coming, and then all of a sudden the moisture started and the root rot set in. And, you know, maybe in years prior before we knew as much as we did about root rots and especially aphenomyces, we might have just attributed that to too much water. But now we really know that in a lot of cases that is a root rot, a root disease that's impacting our yields. And... 
it's important to know that and take that back from, from years prior because that really can have an impact on what you want to do for your crop rotation going forward because some things like those root rots can persist in the soil for a long time. And you don't want to set yourself up for disaster knowing that you have those there. So, for example, in, that, in this specific example of the root rot, you know, next time you plant a pulse, are you talking about making sure you have a seed treatment? Yeah, so I'm talking about choosing the right field. Don't don't pick a field where you know you've had root rot on it, um, or or a field that you've had peas and lentils on years. And then the second part of that is is a seed treatment. Seed treatment isn't going to be a magic bullet, though. That uh, field selection, crop rotation is going to be your number one ally in this instance. But, you know, when, when crop rotations do get a little bit tighter, a seed treatment can be a good option. They, they're not going to be magic bullets, so not for something as you know, extreme as some of these root rots, but they really can help, you know, get that plant stand through some of the tough times. So in, in the case of the root rot or maybe sclerotinia in canola or fusarium in your wheat, you know, the next year we're probably planting a different crop type. So why, do we, why does that carry forward? Why do we care? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good, good question. So, you know, in, in some of those, you know, with the fusarium and the sclerotinia, they, uh, they don't, they don't uh, follow the borders of the fields very well. So they're, they're going to spread. If, if they're there, they're going to spread between your fields. So they, they don't care about the borders that we've put up. So th- that is a big concern. So once you've had them in your area, there is potential for them to spread. So, you know, where you had canola this year, it may spread to where you're seeding the canola next year. So you mentioned diseases. What about insects? Clearly, some people had trouble with cutworms. Uh, there's other insects that uh, cause us a lot of headache and, and issues and stress through the growing season. How do insects impact what we do next year? Yeah, so for, for the insects, I mean, yeah, like you said, cutworms. And then flea beetles was another one. So, um Crop rotation can also be very beneficial for flea beetles. A lot of the work that the Canola Council has been doing really shows that the tighter your canola rotation, the more likely you are to be impacted by flea beetles or severely impacted by flea beetles if, if they're present. Um, and cutworms, they're, they're such a challenge in the spring. Crop rotation isn't going to help you out nearly as much there. But the thing that you do have in your uh, toolbox there is the option for a seed treatment on that canola seed, which is, you know, extremely efficacious when it does come to controlling those cutworms. So that, that is one of those tools that when you, when you can and do put it to use, it works extremely well. Well, and in the case of something like... Uh... You know, Scarlatinia, there is varieties out there that uh, obviously have a higher level of tolerance or resistance to a disease like that. So, you know, seed selection really does come into deciding, you know, as a part of that crop planting process. Yeah, so I would say with Scarlatinia and with Fusarium, um, you, you do want to make sure that you are choosing varieties, you know, for your area, depending on your pressure of either of those diseases, that you're choosing varieties that are well suited for them. Because if you get off to a good start, then you don't have to put as much emphasis on fungicide. And fungicides, you know, they work well. However, the timing is so important for for fusarium and for sclerotinia application that it can be challenging to get those right. So if you are starting with a variety that's giving you some protection there, then you're not quite as reliant 
on the fungicide application and for that timing to be so perfect. Well, you know, and as we look at, you know, the, the yield guides and some of the trials that are out there, it, it can be easy, though, to get sort of uh, entrapped or sucked into the yield potential of some varieties. But if they don't necessarily fit with the right disease or insect package for your area, what they did somewhere else really doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it it really is a great point, and that's why what at the end of the year my uh, my uh, seed selection guide looks like a little bit of a bingo sheet because I'm that I'm looking for and what's important for me on the farm and with my customers. And yield might not always be the one that uh, makes us make the decision if all those other attributes aren't there. That's going to get us that yield at the end of the day. What I heard someone say one time is selecting a variety completely just based on what the yield potential is and not looking at other things and other characteristics is just like buying a race car because it goes really super fast and not necessarily looking at the practicality of it. Right. You like that one? I do like that because, like, I'm, I'm not lying when I say that my seed selection guide looks like a bingo sheet because I've, I've circled all the traits that I'm interested in. And, you know, you try to find the variety that has the best of, of those traits. And in, in lots of cases, yield might not be the, the only thing that we're looking for, and it's not. So all of this is fine. We've looked back. We're planning forward. We've looked at some of the disease, some of the insects. And we really, you, you mentioned the phrase, but we really need to talk a little bit more, is crop rotation. And I, I know some of you, uh, it, it, you know, based on profitability of the crop, those rotations get tighter, uh, but there is areas of diminishing return. What is your feelings on crop rotation, Janelle? So I would say that crop rotation is it's becoming exceedingly important. The, you know, the number of crops that, that bring value to a farm might be going down. And because of that, it's, it's so very important to make sure that we are mixing up that, that rotation as much as possible. And that doesn't always have to mean changing, changing out crops. So part of rotation is having a good you know, mix of crops where possible, but it can be a little bit about what we've talked about with variety here. Of mixing up your varieties can also be about um, mixing up your seeding times, your seeding rates, things like that. So I would say rotating your crops, yes, is very important. And the, the more pressure that we are seeing, the more important that that does become. But I don't want people to think too limited on what, what all that can be. It, it can encompass other things as well and we want to make sure that we're thinking a little creatively about how we are mixing up our rotation yeah you do need to get super creative let's be honest uh suggesting to people they go to a 10-year rotation and we plant canola every 10 years or somebody in swift current is maybe going to plant lentils every six is not very practical either no absolutely so we have to use use crop rotation where we can and then we use these other tools as well you know it comes in the shapes of you know seed treatments and variety selection to help get us there. And does herbic, you know, thinking about your herbicide rotation, where, does that fit into that mix as well? Yeah, I, I would say for sure because you know, if if you don't have a really diverse crop rotation, your your herbicide rotation, you know, almost just becomes it, it can very easily become not very diverse. So you do for sure want to make sure that uh, you you do have a strong herbicide rotation because. 
once you start getting some of those herbicide resistant weeds, they can become such a challenge. And, you know, that's speaking from a little bit of experience this year as well, as um, some of those weeds start to show up, that if you don't get them under, under control right away, they, they sure can, can be a pain. Yeah, so Janelle, we've talked about thinking about your insects, your diseases, how the you know the crops perform, what were some of the problem spots, some of the great things. We've talked about you know overarching crop rotation plan. How do you how do you put this all together? Do you have some suggestions what you recommend to your customers in terms of like looking at this as a synergistic sort of plan as we head into seventeen? Yeah, um, so really, I, I do think there's there's a ton of value of, of really talking about what happened on the farm this year and last year and you know maybe a couple of years back to say, so what were our challenges and what, what, what were the things that were really successful? Because once you get those all hashed out, it makes it a lot easier to then go through and work field by field to figure out what types of things are gonna work. So that's really the first part is kind of do that year in review, couple years of review, and as it becomes part of your practice, it'll be easy to go back and, and look and see what you did years prior. Yeah, I, I've heard several people say that uh, what, are they, you know, what they like to do, and a lot of you are listening to this, uh, to this podcast, is you're riding the combine, you're going through those fields. You know, they, they make some audio notes on their phone or they uh, break out, have a book with them and they take some notes as they're thinking of stuff as they're going through the field. And not necessarily just the field you're driving in, but, you know, a lot of parts of your farm as you're talking to the crew and people uh, that are uh, all part of the harvest team. So it, it really is important to take some of those notes so that when you do have that conversation with the whole team, you've got all your thoughts together. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds fantastic because once you have that as a launching off point, then it, it makes your decisions, you know, more informed for going forward. Because otherwise, sometimes it's easy to just remember the, the super highlights and the, you know, extreme lowlights. So once, you know, if you take, take the time to do, you know, talking, all that talking and observing in the middle, that's, that's usually where, where the most money can be made anyways. Do you have any recommendations on... Uh the timelines for getting that 2017 plan together? Like, is there, a, is there a point for you in your mind that you recommend to customers, okay, by the end of December, you should have this many acre, this certain percent of your acres planned or stuff like that, like that creating that sort of balance? Does it matter? I, mean, I, I, I don't know that it matters. I would say the thing that, that makes it important is it, it needs to get done. And the sooner you do it, the more likely you are to remember and, and maybe that's just me, but I like to do it, you know, most of our crop planning is, you know, underway right now. You know, on a rainy day like today, we have a lot of our crop planning well underway because we're in those fields. The yields are coming off. We're seeing that variability, and that's what's going to help inform us for going forward. So, I don't know. I, I say the sooner the better but you know uh, want to make sure that it, it is one of those things that probably gets done in you know this calendar year for next year okay Janelle as we're avoiding this year's issues and problems that we dealt with and making sure we don't have to deal with them next year when we're thinking about seed and tr seed treatment and things like that how do we go about making sure that we're prepared so I would say that one of the most important things is when you found something that you like order it early 
Um, there, there can be, you know, a, a lot of other guys out there who may have had the same experience that might be looking for the same product. So I, I would really say that if there is something out there that based on your experience this year that you want to avoid or you definitely want to have on the farm for next year, you will want to want to make sure that you're booking that early and make sure that you're talking to your retails about what what programs they're running and, and when those are running because sometimes they may be a lot earlier than you think they are. So moving forward on some of those products that, that you want to make sure are on your farm, talk to those retails early and get them booked. Okay, Janelle, thanks a lot for joining us and good luck with the rest of Harvest and your planning for 2017. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Growing Series Podcast, powered by Cargill and presented by Sean Haney and RealAgriculture.com. Cargill's experts are ready to help you make the best decisions for your farm. Find more advice at CargillGrows.ca.